Sunday Sinners, and today, I, Paul, and Anne join to talk about one of our very favorite sins, lust. No, we covered that already. Gluttony. (laughs) Today is an episode on food, and this is going to be wide-ranging, I think, because I am kind of a glutton, and, uh, well, we... And we're both diabetics for a reason. We we like chow. (laughs) We're we're bad diabetics. Absolutely. 100%. It's terrible, but... You know, if if we had to have something that was going to kill us, at least we chose something fun. Oh, yes. We died happy. We died with our bellies full. And our arteries clogged. <laughs> we probably died of a heart attack, for sure. That's, gonna, that's funny to talk about now, but in like 20 years, when one of us is suddenly saying a blessing at Thanksgiving and we stoop face down into the, uh, the sweet potato pie, it's not going to be hilarious. I mean, years. it might be. It it's might be not twenty know. years. It's probably like five years in our case. Come on. Oh, come on, damn! I actually <laughs> checked my blood pressure yesterday. It was a little high, but then again, okay. I've been eating like nothing but really, really rich food for an entire weekend. So, um, yeah, I'm right there with you on that. But yeah, I made sure I got tested on Friday. Like, got my blood work done, uh-huh. and everything was good. My A1C was a six. <laughs> so, all right, uh-huh. well. It's getting better. No, that is significantly better considering a year ago my A1C was a 10. Holy fuck. We just wanted to get me below 7. Well, you did. Uh Uh-huh. And realistically, I'm I'm never getting back to normal levels, so. I am, or I have been, without any metformin for a while, and I've been mindful about everything that I've been eating, and I've been at pre-diabetes levels which is still terrible, objectively, but, but, it's not diabetes level, so. I mean, I'm in pre-diabetes level now, so, hey, but I've got tons of medicine. Okay, okay, fine, fine, look, we just, we we both have to get back to becoming scarecrow skinny. I think we were both that at one point in our lives, very briefly, Mm -hmm. we gotta do it, that's all there is to it. Yeah, absolutely, and I think when we met each other, we were both at our heaviest. I think I was like 235 pounds when I came to Sugar House. Uh-huh. And I think by the time I... Diabetics uh, working at a place called what's Sugar it called? House. The I know, right? By the time, um, the end of 2019, I was at 155. To give... Uh, th- that number doesn't sound uh, big, right? I'm five foot one. So, like, yeah, <laughs> she's, she's a hobbit, y'all. I am that's, like that's big for me. I'm five eight. I was a thick boy. Although mm-hmm. all of it was concentrated around my gut. Like if you look at the rest of me, well, that's not entirely true. <laughs> yeah, I I, <laughs> I had a pretty thick ass neck, but it's okay. We are not sure. weight shaming anyone, by the way, folks. No, with, no, no. If your weight is not causing you health issues, then fuck it. Anyone telling exactly. you gain, lose, whatever, if they are not qualified to tell you that. Go fuck yourself. Now, if you're one of those people who thinks that uh, your weight does not affect your health, you're denying fucking reality and you're mm-hmm. you're dangerous. OK, we we're here for mental health and physical health. So the, the, the extremes of do whatever you want and goddamn, you should do this. We reject both those things. Be fucking reasonable. Absolutely. I look, our doctors told us we need to lose fucking weight so we can control our shit. So so we did. 
They didn't say it exactly like that, but that was the thrust of it, yes. Yeah, pretty much. I think together we lost enough weight for it to be a child, like a eight-year-old child, maybe? <laughs> Nine-year-old? Uh, not an eight-year-old in Mississippi. I lost like 30-something pounds. Yeah, and I lost like 30, actually, too. So. no, hold on, hold on. Let me actually do the math on this real quick because I am stupid and I don't know. So from where I was, holy fucking shit. 235 was my heaviest, and this morning I, I'm like 191 and change. So 44 fucking pounds. Okay, and I lost about 30, 30 pounds, so maybe 35 pounds. Okay, but yours is better because you had less weight to lose initially, though. Fuck yes. Yeah. Fuck anyway, yeah. on to the topic that got us that weight. <laughs> food, because we, we have an issue. When we see delicious food, we must shove it in our face. Well, I mean, I also see shitty food, and I'm like, that's disgusting. I'll take two. But I'm going to eat it anyway. Right? Maybe we should open up with the cuisine that got us the way that we are, and that's the cuisine that we grew up on. Yeah, I mean, you can go ahead first. That's fine. Okay, I'm... all right. So you you don't want to be the first one out the gate to be shamed. No, it's all right. Absolutely um, not. <laughs> I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, and lived in several southern states, for a long time. And how fitting that we talk about this today. Louisiana and Mississippi both have culinary traditions which are uh, they are they're very very good, right? Now, it the relationship is a bit complicated. Louisiana, you get influence from the French obviously, right? The Louisiana purchase. Mm -hmm. Thanks Napoleon. Fuck your war. Uh I don't know if that's historically accurate. You see that very strong melding of the Cajun and Creole right down there. And if you go to New Orleans, you're going to get some exquisite food that's going to be so good for your soul, not so good for your waistline, because it's still, like, it's French, right? Uh, everything starts with uh, potatoes and ends with butter to lift a line from, from scratch, which is an excellent, delightful show. It's going to make you laugh and be happy. No, I'm lying. That, that no, it's depression. not. It's going to make you, that, yeah, absolutely. Holy shit, I was bawling it like a little bitch. <laughs> Oh my god, I was crying, and I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? I thought I was watching a food show, because we're all fatties inside. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, there's food, but there was a lot more than food. You needed something to make you feel better, which was food. Yeah, yeah. Zoe Saldana is cycle. a fucking star in that great performance. She's so above the Guardians of the Galaxy shit. I, like, oh my god. Anyway. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. So there was there was that. I really took an interest in, in food when I moved to Louisiana. Now, I didn't like the state because I didn't fit in at all. There's, there's a, I'm just not really religious, and there were a lot of Catholic folk down there. And also, the weather in Louisiana is just, it's, just, it's shit, man. It, it rains all the fucking time. Swamps, bugs, no, no thank you. Mississippi, well, you got mosquitoes, and you got fried everything. You also have what is broadly categorized as Southern cuisine. Now, a lot of that still lifts a lot of inspiration from stuff that uh, came over. So you got a lot of the Anglo influences. You have French. You have a very prominent degree of uh, Mexican-American food, right? Mm -hmm. um, but uh, when we think Southern, we think fried everything, which is that is very true. That is very, very true. And I also think of things like barbecue. A barbecue is not a cookout, by the way. People use that we're going to barbecue to mean they're going to be cooking something on a grill. That is not the same thing at all. 
Uh, at least that's not, called not grilling. Yes, it's like no, it's not a barbecue. Where the uh, motherfucker? Where the brisket? Where the ribs? Jesus. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I grew up on, and uh, I would be remiss if I did not mention how much of Southern cuisine owes its uh its flavor, its ingredients from an unfortunate legacy of slavery. It it is true. Much of the things that are typical of Southern food, you know, you think like, uh, what fried everything. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. that is broadly true. You also think of, uh, stuff that's not native to the North American continent, like sweet potatoes, yams. That's an African thing. Okra stew is one of my favorite things to eat. Okra doesn't grow in North America, uh, natively, right? That's another mm -hmm. thing that came over across the ocean and typifies the kind of food that you can find in the Southern States. It's all really good. This is another reason, like, we season everything really, really heavily. And I, I, the, the stereotype about white people not liking spice or not being able to handle it, that always seems so funny to me. And I played it up until I met a white person who really was like that. Oh, they and, do exist. Yeah. I'm just like, what the fuck do you mean black pepper is too spicy? What do you, what? Oh, God. <laughs> My God. We, our ancestors spent four centuries kicking the shit out of everybody else with their spices, and you only use salt? Fuck. I'm I'm shaking my head over here. You can't see it, but I'm very, very much rolling my eyes and shaking my head at that. You, you know the type of people I'm talking about. I do. I do. And I will say this. I, These are the people that eat boiled potatoes with nothing else in it. Boiled potatoes are an ingredient, not something to have on their own. That's mm -hmm. no, no. Boiled potatoes, right. turn that shit into mashed potatoes, right? You know what, With actually? Seasoning. My, my little brother and his wife, when they were just dating, they, mm -hmm. they didn't really know how to cook at all. I was the one doing all the cooking because, I mean, one, I'm good at it. Two, it's my zen. You want me to be happy. Take me to any house, put me in the kitchen, and tell me, get to work. I'm going to find something. I will go through the larder. I will go through the cabinets. I will go through the freezer, and I will put something together. It's just my happy place. It is. But they actually were making like uh, chicken quesadillas, right? Because I mm -hmm. made I made some pretty decent ones, and they were boiling chicken in just plain water. And I'm like, no, we are better whoa, than whoa, this. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We are better than this. What the fuck? No, you roast that shit. <laughs> exactly. You either roast but, that shit or you grill that shit or something. But boiled. Plain water. Yeah, I, know. I don't even I was... boil chicken like that. I boil chicken and I throw seasoning in the water. You first off, I don't think you should boil chicken necessarily. If you're making a stock, yeah, sure. If you're making a soup, yeah, sure. But I mean, to, for like to, chicken salad, you know, to extract. Mm, I don't know about yeah. that. I still would bake it myself, honestly. Mm. But whatever. Um, yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff that I grew up on, and I learned I really got into cooking when I was in my mid-20s, because circumstances changed rather rapidly for me, so, what, I'm 37 now, so, yeah, right about 2013, uh, at 27, my dad, uh, he lost his job, they were eliminating positions, he fucked off to West Virginia, where there was some money to be found, that's the first time anyone moved to West Virginia for money, by the way, um, okay, yeah, it is a pretty poor state. But yeah, I started just cooking everything and I tackle it with the kind of obsessive tenacity that I give everything I get unhealthily obsessed over. And the result was I went from 
uh, a rather stocky 195 to, uh, yeah, 235. But, yeah, that's the kind of shit that I grew up on. How about yeah. you? Well, I grew up on a Filipino diet, and that is, hands down, a shit ton of rice. A shit ton of rice. Carbs, carbs, and carbs. And Your favorite sealed. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I eat probably one-eighth of the rice that I used to eat growing up. Because I've slowly cut it down. Um, like, by slowly meaning, like, since I became a diabetic, it took many, many years to get to one-eighth of what I used to eat. It could be a whole big-ass plate of rice that's probably, like, two to three cups of rice that's cooked. And you get, like, a little tiny piece of, like, fish. <laughs> so, tons of rice. And if we were eating noodles, we'd eat that with rice if we wanted to. Or we'd put it in bread, sliced bread, and eat it like a sandwich. I know about and the I, spaghetti sandwich. That's the poverty yeah. meal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just saying it just carbs on carbs on carbs. And then on top of that, we also like fried stuff. Like my dad oh. used to like fry things till they were dead, dead, like super, super dead and hard. And you're going to like break your teeth because that's that's what I, they did. Um, no disrespect just, to your papa. What the fuck was he thinking? I don't know. But yeah, I had been subject to some pork belly fried, fried, fried so hard. No. Uh, and then, um, obviously, we have something called crispy pata, which is basically the thigh of the pig deep fried. That deep. sounds so delicious and it so is unhealthy. So unhealthy. Uh, dip it in some soy sauce and vinegar with some chilies in it. Oh, God. Eat it with rice. Oh, it's a heart oh attack meal. So there was a lot of unhealthy meals, but then the opposite was my mother's side. They did a lot of vegetables, but still shit ton of rice, you know? So I, there's no surprise I'm diabetic. The amount of rice that we ate, <laughs> the amount that of is, fried food that we ate. I think that's broadly a problem in Asian countries anyway, though, because like so much of the diet has rice as um, kind of like the the ingredient the that ties everything together. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not rice, it's a noodle. And those noodles them, are fucking good, man. Like, I mean, yeah. We give it to the Italians for pasta in America. And, and I, look, don't get me wrong. I fucking love pasta. It is amazing. Carbonara, that's Linda and Mai's comfort meal when we are, like, too tired to fucking think. It doesn't take much, and it's always good. But the best noodles I've ever had in my life, Nanjo, Chinatown, Philadelphia. Y'all, mm -hmm. check it out, please. Oh, my God. I, fuck, now I want it. I mean, you can always go. I don't have a Chinatown here. It's so sad. I'm going to send you so many pictures of all the Fuck soups you. I'm eating. <laughs> That's <laughs> oh right. Now... But you know what? Wait, hold on, wait. What's that? We, What's that? When we went to New Zealand, it wasn't any better because it was all about fish and chips and pies. Still so, carbs. Very, very much calling back to the Anglo origins of New Zealand. There's yep. potatoes and everything. Everything is a fucking pie. Exactly. We would have a fucking pie, like a steak and cheese pie in the pie crust, right? And then they would top it with mashed potatoes. So it was called a potato oh. top pie. And that shit was so fucking good. 
I, I think there's it's every a handheld shepherd's them, right? pie. Oh, that sounds good. amazing to me. I used to love eating that. Oh my god! No, you got or, me googling New Zealand cuisine. You you should. And then there was um, we had this sandwich at lunch that we could order, and it was basically a roll. Like imagine a roll of bread. All right. You know, put some marmite on it, and then they fill it with potato chips, like plain potato chips, and it was called a marmite and chip sandwich. There I'm is... just saying, it was good. Okay. Okay. But that's a lot of carbs. I am not a person who puts potato chips in sandwiches. I, I know that that's apparently a popular thing, but I just can't do it. It's a side. It's a fucking side. Just like, are, are we going to agree that kale is a food or is it a garnish? Kale is not a food. Right? That's rabbit food. It is a garnish. I do not like kale. Uh, actually, hold on, hold on. I will say this. We did make some kale chips one time. They are very dry, but if you massage the kale, and yes, you actually have to, like, massage it, cut it up, and fry it, that shit becomes edible. But yeah. other than that, it's a fucking garnish. It's the shit they used to put mounds of in the salad uh, area at Pizza Hut. Yes, yes. And that, yeah, oh, fuck that kale. Does, that even, does that even scan anymore? Kids, Pizza know. Hut used to be restaurants you go to <laughs> and sit and have down birthday and eat parties with too. Yes, you remember those red cups? Oh god, those red cups. I don't know what they were made of, but it contained some kind of psychedelic component because it leached into the soda and gave me joy. I want those red cups. If oh I god. had one of those right now with its marbled surface, I would drink exclusively out of that, and I and I would feel I would feel overwhelming joy. Yes, your depression would be cured. I feel a lot less depressed lately, actually, but that's because things are going right. I can't oh, yeah. wait for it to all come crashing down. I'm going to be so fucking sad. <laughs> oh, we're going to have a great episode when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally, the MP3 is just 45 minutes of him crying, and then Anne I mean, laughs every couple seconds. Yeah. Like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you sad bitch. <laughs> yep, pretty much. <sighs> It's, I, I swear, folks, we are, in fact, friends. <laughs> no, we are. Promise. <laughs> we, we just but, like to make fun of each other, a.k.a. mostly me making fun of Paul. It's okay. Uh, someone has to make fun of me. I, I do it to myself, but, you know, I, I would be taking Anne's job away. Uh, exactly. So, so cuisine in New Zealand is mostly the same kind of stuff that you would expect to find in England. But mm -hmm. isn't there an influence of Maori cuisine? There is, yeah. I we used to do this thing once a year in school, where we'd have a hungi, and it's pretty much you cook the food underground. So at school, somebody would dig the hole; it'd be like a four by four feet hole, and they'd put like lamb, potatoes, sweet potatoes, like a whole bunch of meats and stuff in the ground, cook it, cover it back up while it's cooking, and then we'd eat it like four hours later. That sounds like Hawaiian almost. I mean, they are islanders. That's true. We had That's a lot true. of islander influences there too, because you had the Samoans, the Fijoans, the Tongans, everyone from any island would come over to New Zealand and okay. we'd get their influences. Hmm. Well, you know what? Uh, pit cooking, that is a technique that is very, very ancient, actually. And it makes sense to use that because, I mean, you don't have a whole lot of stone buildings, I don't think. You got a lot of wood, you got mm -hmm. ground, fuck it. Dig a we hole, put things in, yeah. cover that shit with coal, and you're good. 
Dude, but it was it was a fun thing because we'd like peel the potatoes in class and then, you know, we'd prep the food. The kids would get involved and then throw it in there with the lamb because we have plenty of sheep and then we eat it. It was a fun day. I remember that day. Oh, did we unlock a core memory? I think we did. Oh, God, a core food memory. <laughs> and I do remember this one cookie I used to eat um, called an Afghan cookie. I haven't found it anywhere else. I might have to bake it, but it's Afghan basically... Afghan cookies. Yes. It's basically a chocolate cookie with chocolate frosting and a walnut on top. I actually just Googled this, and that looks fucking dope. Oh, my God. The the ones I used to get, you know, the Wawa cookies, it would be the size of a Wawa cookie in school. And I'd pay like 50 cents for that. God damn. Food prices have shot through the roof. I remember those. Oh. Oh, well, and I, New Zealand is also famous for having sausage sizzles. I don't know if you know what that is. What? Sausage sausage sizzles? Sausage sizzles. So what you do is, um, at school it would happen, but you know, if you go to like a warehouse, like a Home Depot, I guess it would be called a Home Depot or uh -huh. something, because it was called the warehouse. Um, and there would be just somebody out there with a grill cooking sausages on it. And then you'd buy it for like a dollar and they'd put it on a slice of bread with some ketchup or whatever condiment you want. And then you just eat it. It's that really is, fucking good. That is like a staple of all good countries, really, because that that dude who is grilling outside of the school is going to give you the best food you've ever eaten in your oh, life. God, yes, I loved oh. it. We had it every fucking Wednesday at school and I would always buy two. Yeah memories oh my god that you know what actually that reminds me of in uh in philadelphia there was a guy who was i may have spoken about this but please just let me indulge myself uh, in the south you have uh the uncles who buy the big ass metal drums and put a grate in it and that's mm. their that's their grill and mm -hmm. they will set up shop on any street corner cook sell and you're gonna get something amazing okay it's just how they they do it and i saw someone doing this in West Philly when I lived there. And you have to understand, West Philadelphia is predominantly a black neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and there I am, white boy with a khaki uh, pair of pants and a polo shirt. <laughs> and I had my, my work badge on because I just came off the train, right? Yeah. So I walk past this guy and I smell the confluence of uh, seasonings he's using, everything. I can smell the chicken. I can smell the ribs. There is brisket in there and it is great. And I turn around, right, like military heel turn and stride back real quick. And I go, uh, excuse me, sir. Dude looks at me and says, you're from the health department. It's like, no, 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 sir. No, I'm not trying to shut you down. I'm trying to enrich you. Feed me. <laughs> that person is Black Pearl's Barbecue on Instagram. Now with a food truck, not just a little grill. Sets up shop every spring. Please give that man your money because it is so good. I will kill for that brisket. That's not a metaphor. I just threaten violence. I will do it. So what I'm hearing is I need to go back and visit Philly in the springtime. Okay. Yes. Oh, my God. Wait, when does he? Man, he needs a shop. I, I am aching for some good barbecue. That's the best I had. The only barbecue we have up here really is like what? Mission barbecue? Fuck Sweet that Lucy's. shit. That, that's... Sweet Lucy's is good. Sweet Lucy's is good, but oh, I, I gotta. I, you know what? Hold on. Let me just. I'm looking it up right now. Black Pearl's Barbecue. Where are you? There you are. Oh my God! They put an emoji truck in their name. 
Okay. Oh, blackpearlsbbq.com. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, he registered it with GoDaddy but didn't build the site. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the most Philly fucking thing. It's like, I've got it, but I'm not building shit. Oh, no. Oh, mm. no. No, don't tell me. They closed. Why? I don't fucking know. It says temporarily closed a year ago. September 1st, 2022. It cl- God damn it. Well. You just got my fucking hopes up. I've been disappointing people. It. So I just got a message uh, from Linda who hears me in the other room. Feta Sao is actually also really good barbecue. Oh, that okay. is yo. That's a Steven Star restaurant. I am so remiss for not mentioning that. Yeah, thank you, Linda. Yeah, and says thanks. Anyway, um, yeah, Feta Sao is that is more expensive. When I think of a barbecue place, I'm thinking someplace you want to just go get get a plate of ribs or get a pulled pork sandwich. Now it's it's way more, way more than that, but it's okay. Um. Yeah, Feta Sao, if you got it, it's a Steven Star restaurant. It's worth it. It's really, really good. You know, anyway. I have a lot of barbecue options now, now that I'm in the South. I could just be driving somewhere and there's somebody, like a random building that has a pig on it. I'm like, oh, there's barbecue right there. And it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's just the way it is. Barbecue in the South is just better overall, period. Absolutely, but I'm fucking tired of barbecue because that is all I have. Don't you dare disrespect. No, I understand. I you mean, know- when I came from Philly and you have all these other food options and you come to the South and all you've got is barbecue and some low grade other takeout food or whatever. It sucks. Yeah. So this is one where I thought I thought I thought we Hicks new sandwiches. We don't know. Shit. Nope. No. Sandwiches in the Northeast especially are not to be fucked with, okay? The bread is what makes it so much better. Mm-hmm. Fresher ingredients and god damn. Like I used to think Subway was good sandwiches. That's how ignorant I was. I know you guys have Subway, you have Firehouse Subs. Firehouse Jersey Subs Mike's, is okay. They're okay, but it's not nothing compares to like your local pizza place. Yeah, there uh, ours is called Mario's. Mm-hmm. Mine was called Champs when I lived in Philly. Oh, I fucking love it. Yep. But yeah, um, when I that this is the biggest culture shock for me. It was the reverse. I came from the South in I moved a thousand miles from Memphis to Philly, and friends who had lived up in this area they gave me a warning. They said, "Oh, you're gonna need a new wardrobe. Your your waistline will increase," and they were right <laughs> because. Man, I got up here and suddenly I hear this this beautiful litany of accents. And that's the first clue I had. It's like, oh, you're in for an adventure, boy. You have no idea what's coming. And then you have a, a very prominent degree of Italian cuisine, right? You do have that. Mm-hmm. You have French cuisine as well, which happens to be my favorite overall. I have to be honest. It just, it's, it's, it feels comforting. Like uh, Park, another star restaurant. I'm not. I, we're not making money off him, but if Mister Star wants to give me free food, I will accept it. No. <laughs> um, 
But uh, what really blew my mind was going and getting pho for the first time. And that was mm-hmm. with you and Rich. It was, we, yeah. We actually ordered it to go and brought it to um, the the lunch crew, right? And I was like, oh, man, this is so fucking good. And you sneered at the bowl and you were like, I mean, it's okay. Yep. And then I was like, hold the fuck up. Wait, no, stop. If this is okay, show me what good is. And you did. <laughs> I and did, they yeah. made us wait 20 minutes because you brought the white guy. <laughs> I know. That was the weirdest thing because I'm like, I've never waited this long for a table. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've got white people with me. The passive That's... aggressive <laughs> yeah. racism. Yep. I'm like, shit. Make them wait. <laughs> my God. Yep, pretty much. But it was worth the wait. It really Absolutely. was. So it, it occurs to me that pho is, is something that not everybody has. Like, you don't have pho places down there, I don't think. I mean, we have wannabe pho places. Like, it's there, but compared to what you have in Philly, it's like watered down. You know what I'm saying? As far as flavor is concerned, it looks like pho. Some of them look like pho, but then you. Why don't you take take a minute? Tell us about pho. How how you first came to experience this stuff? Like, take it away, please. This is uh, it's still new enough to me that I don't feel like I can speak with authority on this. Oh. You know what? Um, we would go to Hong Kong supermarket. I guess it's now called Farmer's Market. I don't know. But on Rising Sun and Adams. And there would be a pho place right next to it. It's not there anymore. So don't go to the one that's there if you ever go there. Because that one sucks. And after we do groceries or before we do groceries, we're like, let's try this. And we went in there and never had it before. We're like, holy shit. I've never had Vietnamese food before. And it blew my mind. Blew my fucking mind. So every time mm-hmm. we go grocery, we just like, all right, are we going to hit this place first? <laughs> like, get some boba, get some pho. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> so, And we tried everything on the menu because at, at that point, all they really had was some vermicelli dishes, um, a few rice dishes, and some pho dishes with some spring rolls. And that was like the basic menu. I'm like, this is good. So that's how I, I discovered pho. I was very sad when they closed down. But then the new one that I, I took you to... That was even better. I'm like, oh my god, this is blowing my mind even more. So that's how I discovered pho. <sighs> so, yeah. Uh, Vietnamese cuisine, period, is like way underrepresented in popular consciousness. I think if people know about it, it's probably because Tony Bourdain was the one who uh, introduced people to the cuisine of Vietnam, period, right? Mm-hmm. And there is a wonderful place in in Philly, Gabriella's Vietnam. When I tell you that cuisine deserves its place on the world stage, like seriously, everyone can come around and talk about the 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 French, the Italian, the, all that stuff, which is really popular in America. And we think, oh, let's get something really nice. That's where we go to. Fuck that shit. It, it, it it's good, but like. Go check out a Vietnamese place, like a proper Vietnamese restaurant. You can go to the pho places. That's always good. You can check out banh mi. That's, that's great, too. But, like, let me check out the menu, actually. Because th- some of this stuff is just, oh, it's so damn good. Well, you know what the kicker was? I didn't that? know that when I met Rich that his mom was um, a refugee from Vietnam. Like, they were from Hong Kong, uh, somehow ended up in Vietnam, and then that's how they made it to the States through the Vietnam War. Um, but she cooks Vietnamese food, too, on top of cooking Cantonese okay. food. 
And I went and had dinner, and he's like, oh, she's going to make pho. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean she's going to make pho? She knows how to make pho. He's like, yeah, she was from Vietnam, too. So I I got lucky because I got to experience, like, traditional Cantonese dishes from her and traditional Vietnamese dishes from her, too. You are fortunate. Yes. Like, so much better. I'm going to send you the link to this so you can look. Now, my pronunciation is terrible so i'm not even going to try on some of these they thankfully have english equivalents like water fern dumplings those were amazing and what do we have we had sizzling catfish that was presented in such a way like it the the skin was so crispy and so delicious oh my god i'm just looking at this menu and i am hungry now it is You're welcome, 30 in the I'm morning. No, no, it's fine because I cannot get this food here. Oh, it, it's great. But yeah, I feel like this needs to be way more popular across the fucking planet. Oh my God, it's yeah. Just, oh, Jesus Christ. Something else I had when I came up here? Ethiopian cuisine, which is not a thing that we have in the South. We just don't have it. And I'm thinking specifically of Abyssinia. Another West Philly establishment. Mm -hmm. And there used to be a bar called Fiume right above it. And it was it's kind of like a speakeasy, cash only. Uh, everyone knew about it. No one reported it. They made some really killer drinks. Like, uh, what was it I had? It was a, uh, a cocktail called Blood and Sand. And I was like, I don't know what's in it, but that sounds fucking metal. Right? So Ethiopian cuisine, in my experience of it, is best characterized by the national dish of Ethiopia, and that is Dorowat. It is a very spicy, well, I say it's spicy, but I I'm used to heat, and it, I still think, yeah, yo, this is, this, is a, this is a palate smasher. It's good, but it's hot. Uh, it's chicken stew. And actually, it's not all that, I feel like this is typical of every national dish. It's usually something that's, that's really simple when you get down to it. Made with care, it's wonderful. Uh, so a shitload of red onions. That's an imperial measurement, not metric. Uh, <laughs> ghee, chicken, and uh, the most important ingredient is the bere bere seasoning. Now, it's different regionally. There's not one bere bere spice, just like there's not one kind of curry. And actually, Indian folk who I've spoken to, it, like, they get kind of, they get kind of salty about it. It's like, curry just means sauce. That's all it fucking means. Like, there's not just one type of curry. What are you talking about? Everyone makes their own. Like, okay, okay bud. Mm -hmm. I, was just, I was just holding the door for you. Why are you yelling at me? <laughs> <laughs> for no reason. I'm sorry, Mr. Singh. <laughs> oh, you know what? In Ethiopian food, my first experience was in high school. Um, my French teacher was the... He was in charge of the International Language Club or some shit like that. And he was my French teacher, but he was called Senor Joe because he was also the Spanish teacher. Really awkward. Um, but he took us to this Ethiopian restaurant. I don't even remember. It was like 20 years ago or some shit, 20-some years ago. And I was so surprised because they started feeding you. Imagine being the yeah. last person in the group to be fed. And we're like, okay, you're going to feed me. Gotcha. So... <laughs> Yeah, and somebody got fed twice. I remember that, but it was good. It was yeah. a fun experience. I've just never gone back. Oh, you know what? This is making me really want to go back to Abyssinia, actually. And 
for for people who have never had Ethiopian food, a lot of it is like uh like stewed stuff. Mm -hmm. Right? And I don't know how else to describe it. Like there's no utensils. What they give you is injera bread. It's a sourdough flatbread, and it's kind of spongy. It will soak up all the sauce on the plate. It is so goddamn good. Um, But, yeah, uh, anything you can have, you can expect it. It doesn't all lean spicy. Some things are way more savory. Um, But everything is basically served on one plate. And if, you, if you're the kind of person who needs everything separated, you can't hang. You cannot hang. <laughs> the food is going to be touching everything. It's good as fuck, too. They do green so beautifully. And like, I was I, watching this um, People versus Food video where they were mm -hmm. um, showing them Ethiopian food. And I believe it's the elders have to eat first or something. The older people eat first. If you're younger, you eat last. Oh, damn. My white hair is going to come in handy. Fuck y'all. Uh -huh. And then if you feed each other, it's like a bond or something. It is like very the, communal, yes. Yeah, the bigger the the um, food that you feed into that person's mouth, the stronger the bond. That that works, you know. Uh, I love it. That's kind of like when we're talking about like this is another tangent I'm taking us on. If we're going to go with like communal dining, something that I think of immediately is potofu, which is just the pot and fire. Mm -hmm. This is widely credited as being like the origin of French cuisine, right? You take cuts of meat that are maybe not the best, not terrible, and you let them go in a pot for a while. You throw in the vegetables. You have a bouquet garni, which is just all the, the aromatics, you know? And typically it's served. You get the, the consomme. You get the soup, basically. You get the meat and the vegetables. Serve that with bread. It's extremely simple, but... That was like, yo, keep the fire going. Top it off with water. Let's go. An all-day stew is something that I think everyone... I don't know that there's an equivalent in all cultures, but it's definitely something I see a lot of historically, where people are like, I got a pot, I got some water, I got some vegetables, let's go. Just throw it all in there. Yeah, yeah. That, that is... Oh, God, I love it. Um... While we're on this topic, though, like, what's your favorite thing to cook, though? Like, cuisine or a dish? Oh, gosh. Let's see. I honestly really love making pan-fried noodles. I don't know why. Okay. Because I really enjoy that dish, and I can't get it here. And when my mother-in-law taught me how to cook it by teach, meaning I watched her cook it before, mm -hmm. and I just kind of attempted it. And, you know, as I did it, I picked up more tips and tricks to how to make it better but damn i make a mean pan fried noodles which i actually just made friday oh so okay. good so 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 good that but, is oh takes a lot of work though but i mean it what doesn't that's worth doing oh uh, yeah no absolutely i do like making desserts like the filipino desserts that i grew uh -huh. up with and learning them now because i didn't really cook growing up i wasn't taught to cook my father was like find yourself a husband who's gonna cook you're not gonna be a stay-at-home <laughs> wife you're gonna be blah 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 and I'm like you hindered me <laughs> you hindered me i, I could have been cooking um but now i cook because i'm the one who's home earlier like i don't leave the fucking yeah. house i work from home so it makes sense but oh my god i actually realized i enjoy cooking 
I can just put yeah. some music on and just fucking I'm there with the food. If that were my job, like definitely if if society restarts, I'm in the kitchen before anywhere else. Like, well, maybe not. I don't know. I we did pretty good at that archery stuff. Like it, it was me and two others who were the hunters. The rest of you go fucking forage. <laughs> go gather. <laughs> I'll be taking Bambi out. <laughs> but no, um, no, I get that. Food and cooking. Cooking as much as eating, it's like a happy place for me. So I understand. I will put on this is so lame. The the music that I cook by is usually something bright and happy. I'll put on fucking David Bowie any mm -hmm. fucking day. And it makes it makes it just go so much more easily. Yeah, or I'll even watch a show. I'm just there watching TV or something. <laughs> just Fair doing enough. What, whatever is happening. So you know what, Rich? is the kind of person where if he cooks dinner, he can't eat afterwards because he's just like, it was exhausting for him. But for me, it's the opposite. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I made this and I'm going to eat this delicious food that I created. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, food. Hold on a minute. I had to make a sappy post on uh, Facebook because it is uh, it, it's the one year anniversary since Linda said yes. Oh, okay. Right. You well, know what we got for it? What? Another favorite food item. Cheesesteaks. Oh, God, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. I, there is a new cheesesteak place that opened up here and it's $20 for a cheesesteak. $20 for a fucking cheesesteak? No. Are yeah. they are they importing the fucking bread? Is it it is yes. Oh, yes. Wow. Yes, dude is from Philly. He's opened up three restaurants. Twenty dollars for a fucking cheesesteak. And guess what? Do you know what it fucking tastes like? It tastes is... like just the average cheesesteak you can get in Philly. No. Yep. So for the people down south, it's the best thing you can get. And they're like, oh my God, so amazing. But since I'm from Philly, I'm just like, this is like, you know, if, if I needed a cheesesteak on the fly, it's the average one, but it's not the best. I just, <sighs> I feel so bad. God damn. Well, that, that, that is unfortunate. Anyway, we're going to go get cheesesteaks later. Uh <laughs> Fuck you. I mean, I'll still eat it because I have no choice. That's the only cheesesteak I'm getting here that's decent. Actually, you know what? I'm trying to think. Like, do, do you have like a favorite sandwich? This is this is going to be wide ranging because this is all over the place. Sandwiches are their own food category, as far as they I'm are. Concerned. Yeah, I mean, obviously, cheesesteaks are up there. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, I've been eating cheesesteaks for so long. Well, okay, fine. I will. I will. I will uh, take it a different direction. A sandwich that I made uh, a few weeks ago. It is a steak sandwich. It's like a a, a, a sexed up cheesesteak. Mm. We had top round that I let sit in a sous vide bath at 140 degrees for eight fucking hours. That meat came out so goddamn tender. 
what I did after that, I took some caramelized red onions, some, I can't remember exactly what cheese it was. It wasn't pepper jack, but it was similar to it. Put that on um, a baking sheet, broiled it, and then slid that right on some good toasted ciabatta. Oh my lord, you want to talk about delicious? Let me fucking tell you. That is a good sandwich. It's not something you can have all the time, though, because it will, in fact, clog your arteries and kill you. But that that takes a lot of work. The sandwich that I, I made the most since moving up here, actually, probably croque monsieur. And for if you if you've never heard of it, it is the counterpart of croque madame. That's Mr. Crunch and Mistress Crunch in French. It's it's a uh, ham and cheese sandwich with bechamel, and it is, god damn it, it's so fucking good. It's not something that you should have all the time, because it's a very heavy sandwich, but if you need to, to sober up, that's what you do. Although, if you're drunk, you shouldn't try making it. You're gonna fuck something up. <laughs> you know what? This is, I think I've realized why I kind of, like, stopped when you asked me about sandwiches. I remember I used to tell people all the time, a sandwich is not a meal. It's a fucking snack. Bullshit. I am now discovering sandwiches lately, uh, the last few years. So now I'm like, I don't even know because I used to like laugh at sandwiches. That was just a fucking snack. Okay, that's fair. Do you know that on uh, Chinese social media, actually not Chinese, it's Asia, period, there's uh, a hashtag that's like white people food. And it's all like it sandwiches. is all sandwiches yep. and chips. And I'm just like, first off, how fucking wait. No, I, I, I'm i going to sit back. We've been doing. Yeah, I think it's just an Asian thing sorry. because like that's not a fucking meal. That's a fucking snack. The hell? Where's my rice? Where's my noodles? Where's, you know, I'm just like, OK, but and then there's there's a contingent of people who are like, hold on, wait. These honkies are on to something. <laughs> this is easy to pack and you can eat it really quickly. You know what? I do ma like making, um, it's like a grilled cheese sandwich, right? But I'll put like a slice of ham in there and then I'll dip Ooh, yes. it in like tomato soup or something. That is excellent. Look, uh, grilled cheese and tomato soup is just a classic combination. It's Absolutely. good. It's a fall dish as far as I'm concerned. So ooh, maybe I should make that. Actually, no. Um, today I'm going to be making gumbo and that Ooh, okay. is absolutely one of my favorite things to cook, period. It is this delicious, savory stew. And if you've never had gumbo, it's hard to communicate and convey exactly how good it is. It begins with a roux. As is the case in many Cajun uh, cuisine. Uh, well, not Cajun exclusively, but just Louisiana cuisine, right? Mm-hmm. And if you want to do it Cajun style, which is how I learned to make it, so that's what I do, you take a cup of vegetable oil and a cup of flour. You get that oil hot as fuck, you dump your flour in, and your job is to stir. When you think you've stirred enough, stir again. And just when you think you're close to getting done, you keep fucking stirring until that roux looks like chocolate almost. Now, I don't always prefer it that dark. Sometimes I like it a little lighter because I'm fucking lazy and I'm not going to spend 45 minutes stirring, okay? I have other mindless, repetitive hand motions I would like to do today. But once you do that, you throw in the what the Cajuns call the trinity, right? Now, that is celery, bell pepper, 
and onion. Usually that's close to like the mirepoix or the sofrito, right? Which is carrot, celery, and onion. The reason they use bell peppers is because carrots don't fucking grow in swamps. So, but yeah, once you get that and you add in preferably a beer that you would drink. In my case, I'm, I'm going to add um, yingling to it because it, it fits with the style. It's, it, it, it's decent. Um, yeah. Chicken, sausage, shrimp. And you let that motherfucker go on low for three hours. You can let it go all damn night if you want. Um, the end result is something that is so delicious. Yeah, I'm pulling it. Yeah, let's add the bass in. So delicious. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I it, actually zoned out while you were speaking because I remembered a cafe I used to go to. <laughs> and I started looking it up. So I will listen back when I hear the episode. But Is this fucker talking about gumbo again? Jesus. I'm so I'm sorry. sorry. It's all right. No. I just remembered this cafe um, when I was going to college in the city. It was like a hole in the wall. You wouldn't even notice it. And me and Rich used to go there. It's called Rose Cafe Tattoo. And in the daytime, it's like, you know, average price. But then once you go in dinner time, it's a whole different place. Like, it turns into like this fancy restaurant with twinkling lights and a garden in the middle. Ah, the food was so good. So I actually just looked the website up, Rose Tattoo Cafe. Yes. And this shit has not been updated since 2012. Is it closed? I don't know if it's closed, but I'm talking about the website. Let me send you this. No, I'm looking at it, too. I'm like, this is really old. (laughs) This this is like Web 1.0. We should never have moved on from this. Let's look at this photo gallery. Holy shit. Oh, it oh it says closed now. But what does that mean? Are you closed? I don't know, but this looks fucking dope. Yeah, th- it, these, it these so pictures good. are so old. Like you can tell this was shot with a Nikon cool pics. And I'm not just reading EXIF data from the pictures. I mean like this looks like someone said, Yeah, yeah, your uncle with the camera. Get him in here. He'll be fine. Well, I found the Facebook page and they did post in twenty twenty. I just don't know if they're still open, but god damn. You know what? I, I have to say, cuisine is something that defines culture. Food is something that should be celebrated all over the planet. I mean, more than just for sustenance. It's community. It's an atmosphere. It's an everything. So I know this is going to sound like I'm being a pretentious dickhead, but if, if you've got the money, go patronize a restaurant. Go actually give them your dollars. Fuck the big places. The Wendy's, McDonald's, all those places. Taco Bell, fuck them. Find someplace small that really keeps a kernel of culture alive and Mm -hmm. spend. If you got it, please do so. Because that kind of stuff is what... How many good memories do you have of just gathering around a table and just snacking with friends, right? It doesn't have to be a big to do. It could be something small. That is what keeps it... Or it keeps culture alive. I mean, if you really think about our lunch crew, we got together because we were always eating lunch together. That's see, God and then damn. we took it outside, right? We did. I don't know that I would consider the cheese fries or the table fries like culture, but fuck it, you know, we had it. You know what? We had our own shit going on, okay? <laughs> <laughs> or the time when they would do culturally inappropriate um, meals, like oh, special yeah. meals. I remember that. They did fried chicken for Martin Luther King Day. And they I was did. like, ooh, ooh. But you know what? I'm going to eat it. I'm going to eat it. 
<laughs> now, to be fair, that was really good. This is the it most was. delicious racial insensitivity I have ever eaten. <laughs> Do you remember? I will, oh, I will what, fucking what eat was it. his name? Uh, that Jamaican guy. He he made Emily so uncomfortable. Handel, yeah. Handel, yes. Oh my god. Because uh, he was so upset I, over it, he was trying to start something about it. Yeah. He yeah he was because I was at the table and I was thinking like you know wait no was I no I heard about it after the fact or was I there I seem to want to remember it I think you were there yes I was oh I remember exactly what he said now I cannot repeat what he said there's no way I can get away with it but he 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 was like I don't know I, all I could say I was trying to be smooth and be like. Well, if you really want to go into the cuisine of African-Americans in particular, there's a couple items missing. And I, I think I tried to diffuse the situation by bringing it to a positive place. Hando mm -hmm. wasn't having none of that shit. He was not having none of that shit. <laughs> nope, nope. He was like, nope, nope, let's let's keep escalating. I'm like, all right. I'm just like, uh, well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird when people try to... Um, appropriate is probably not the word, but I think their intentions were good. But damn, I don't think any black people actually had a say in the menu that day. No, they were just told this is what, what it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Philly is not known for being a particularly enlightened place with that. <laughs> like, I, I, I started out in Memphis, right? And I was like, you know what? I need to get to a place that's more open-minded. I'll move a thousand miles away to somewhere that is more consonant with my values. But for some reason, I ended up in Philly. Now, I don't regret it. But if I was looking for a paragon of equanimity, not it. Not fucking it. Nope. Like, ugh, the kind of shit that I heard the first couple of weeks I was up here. People heard I was from the South, and it's like, oh, no, you didn't find an ally, bud. No. No, no, no. You dickheads were up here, too. Fuck. <laughs> oh, oh but that's it. For, for what it's worth, though, this that melting pot thing. I still think it's truer of New York than of Philadelphia, but Philly has a fucking killer food scene. Oh, no, it and... does. It's, like, smaller, but it, it is, yeah. Yeah, you know where I would like to go? I have yet to get in? Zahav. I have oh. to. Zahav is an Israeli uh, restaurant and widely regarded as being not just one of the best restaurants in Philadelphia. A few years ago, it was voted best restaurant in America. Right. Like that is that's like how many how many James Beard Awards has they got? Let me see. Yep. In 2019, it won the best restaurant in the country. James Beard Award. Damn. You got to wait for fucking months to get in there. So, so yeah. you need to like do a reservation now. They only take reservations up to a few months beforehand. And everybody is like. Oh, no, I'm going to get this. The same motherfuckers who made bots to buy shoes converted those bots <laughs> to, to get, to, to get reservations. reservations. Yeah. So it's you need to get a ridiculous. bot then. Don't give me ideas. Get a bot and then let me know. So the next time tickets go on sale for Ticketmaster, I can use yeah. it. Well, I, I will also say this. Um, Philly has just magnificent fucking uh, places to eat, period. I'm still trying to get into Alpen Rose and Royal Sushi and Izakaya. Those are two that are on my fucking list as well. If you want to go someplace that's got similar cuisine to Zahav, though, uh, Laser Wolf, which is in Fishtown. It appeals to all the fucking hipsters, and it's it's good. That's so underselling it, but like I don't I don't know how to describe it except to say it's fucking amazing. 
You know what? Do you know what I think my problem is here? What's that? I'm I'm like the equivalent of living in, I guess, like Exton, King of Prussia, compared to Atlanta. Uh -huh. So maybe because I haven't quite made it into Atlanta a lot, maybe I haven't found the food scene yet. I think that you should probably take a weekend to actually pick some spots and explore. Because ATL is a big fucking city, right? It is, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what kind of cuisine you can get there. Because yeah, again, I, I, like, I think I think maybe I drove through once when I was a kid. We went through it, but anyway. No, but there was this one place that, that Rich found that I took Shireen to and Romina when they came to visit. So, uh -huh. And it was actually really fucking good. Uh, mm -hmm. But it was like a mix of like Creole and uh, yeah, it was really good. But I, I guess because we've never actually explored it, but it's also a pain in the ass getting to Atlanta for us. So Now, why is it a pain in the ass to get to Atlanta? The traffic. It's a fucking oh. six lane highway. And you're still bumper to bumper. It's like California uh, traffic. Yeah. It's actually, people yeah. have said it's worse than LA. Well, I don't know how that could be possibly even, no. Like, it's half a million people who live in Atlanta. And I know that because I just looked it up. <laughs> well, but. it's bad. I'm telling you, like, it's, it's, I live 30 miles from Atlanta. And you wouldn't think that was far. But in rush hour traffic, it could take me two hours minimum to get in there. I believe that. I yeah. believe that because I had to fucking uh, go through 76 to get to and from home when I, we were in Mayfair still. Mm-hmm. Damn. Well, anyway, good food is worth the drive. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, yeah. But now, as, again, now as you I'm get... right. I don't hear oh, that no. much. Oh, yeah. But as you get older, <laughs> you start thinking about, okay, I need to eat somewhere closer to home in case I need to use the bathroom afterwards. I mean, that's been the case for me for a while now, just because I have to piss all the time. Another, another beautiful benefit of being diabetic. Mm hmm Well, I have now uh, recently discovered that I have a red meat intolerance. <laughs> you so, poor thing. But I'm still going to eat red meat, and all my doctor said was, you just got to avoid it. I'm like, uh, the fuck I am. Well, I mean, look, I, I actually uh, have set a goal for myself one week uh, this year, I'm going to go for an, an all vegetable option. And I don't think that limits me necessarily because I can still use whatever cooking technique I want, like vegan cuisine, or at least vegetarian cuisine. There's a lot of good fucking food. Like people think, Oh, vegetables are just side items. Nah, 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 nah. Not if you cook them right. One of my favorite vegetable hey, Paul, dishes. What's up? Vegetables are just side items. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Now that, that that fucking bullshit has been spoken, god damn it, um, ratatouille. It's so yeah. simple, mm -hmm. too. If you want to do it, you, you don't even have to. It, it's typically a stew, but if you want to, you can do it on a sheet pan, like a big fucking sheet pan. And you put the vegetables in at different times because they, they don't all cook exactly the same. But if you follow a simple plan, it's, it's really goddamn delicious. I like taking that shit and just spreading it over, uh, like, thick, crusty toast. Mmm. Is amazing. It's still a side. I'm never going to see eye to eye with you on this. Sorry. No, 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 no. I don't think I will ever become vegetarian or vegan or anything of that sort. Mm -hmm. I just love meat. And I'm, even though I've been told I should stay away from red meat, I'm still going to fucking eat it and I will just suffer the fucking consequences. 
I respect that dunderheaded backwardness. Yes, I mean, look, I I went to K-Pot yesterday, which is a hot pot barbecue place, and I oh, ate a ton I of red meat. Love it. Oh my god, I was like, Rich, you need to hurry up. We need to go the fuck home now. The red meat is kicking me. And I was, it's like, it's traffic. I'm like, fuck. Like, oh my god, I am so sorry. Please, I like took my shoes off in the car. I was like unbuttoning my pants. Like, I don't give a fuck. I need to be ready so I can get out of the, the car. And that that's the punishment for me. I but just love so, that so we good. have so little give a fuck. We're willing to divulge these uh, stories. Look, man, it, it's life, man. There are people out there with red meat intolerance or any kind of intolerance, and they suffer the consequences. Oh, my That's God. the you only just... kind of intolerance we tolerate. This motherfucker just sent me an eggplant Parmesan recipe, and I'm going to be like, all right, I'm not cooking you. What can I say? It looks delicious. It does. It does. And guess eggplant what? Parmesan is amazing. Come on. I just got to go hit my parents' garden. They grow eggplants. We still have some action. You know what? I should use that. Yes. Okay. Eggplant Parmesan. I'm going to make that on the menu. You know what I like to do with eggplants? I like to bake them, right? Mm -hmm. And then I will subsequently fry them. <laughs> bake, then fry? Make it soft. All yes, right. because we bake it, right? And it gets soft. We peel off the skin. We'll kind of like mash it down, but it's still attached to the stem. Yeah. And then we will put egg, like scrambled egg on it. Mm -hmm. Or if we have like a, a meaty dish, we'll mix in with the egg, like ground meat. And then we fry it. And okay. it becomes like a, like a eggplant scrambled egg type thing. Or eggplant omelet. I, I don't know. That. It's like, it's, it's something we did in the Philippines. And I just remember eating that. Well, I'm going to send you something. I've never made this, but eggplant is a part of it. So maybe I'll make this instead. It is moussaka. Moussaka is kind of like the Greek answer to um, lasagna. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it, just, it just looks so fucking good. Oh, Casseroles. Yes. Truly the meals of white people. Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. You can't tell me that don't look amazing. It, it does. It, it does. Mm. Oh, my God. I want to eat that now. You're welcome. Oh, anyway, God. we're going to go check out the restaurants in Exton today because we got family visiting. So, oh, wait, what have you sent me? What I'm you sending you the eggplant egg thing. Oh, no. wait a minute now. So that's what you mean, the whole stem, the everything. Yeah, that's why huh. you bake it and that way you can mash it flat. What is this called again? It's, uh, you know, let me send you the recipe. Torta? Tortang telong. Eggplant omelet, that's a translation for it. But I'll send you a recipe. But yeah, it's so easy. And like if you have a minced meat dish that's left over, you just mix it in with the egg and you give it extra flavor. That looks fucking incredible, actually. So that is probably the one vegetarian dish that I make. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sold. You're like, you're a weird, you're a weird fucking like, I don't fucking know, man. This is what we did. No, it sounded weird at first, but then I saw. Yeah, and we would eat it with rice, and if you, like, slice up some tomatoes, you can eat it with tomatoes, too. Or other people will get, like, um, there's, like, a shrimp paste that they do with uh, vinegar. I don't know if you know what shrimp paste is. Like I know what shrimp, shrimp paste, paste is, yes. Yeah, like, shrimp paste with some vinegar, and then, like, dip it in, eat it with the rice. It's It's... 
Your shrimp choice. paste has a very strong flavor, and some people are just not with it. Fuck them, they're wrong. No, it's, you know what? My mom brings it back from the Philippines all the time. Mm. And yeah. Oh, so good, but I can't have it in the house because it might kill Rich. That's so sad for him. For him. Yeah, for him. For him. Absolutely. Fuck you. <sighs> oh, Rich. It would kill him. And if he died, he would go to hell. And I think that's a good segue for the next thing. So we have an idea of who we're going to send. We have not mentioned this person's name because we're afraid of him, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but as we wrap up this reminiscence about food and cuisine, there is one icon of food on television that is par excellence, okay? That would be Gordon Ramsay, who is much more pleasant than his television persona would have you believe. Mm -hmm. But I want to send him genuinely to Hell's Kitchen. What do you think? Oh, no, absolutely down with it. And as if you listen to last week's episode, I'm in charge now. So, yeah, he's more <laughs> than welcome in my humble abode. All right, so be it. As long as he cooks There's... for me, bitch. The freshest thing in this kitchen is that fucking pigeon. And the camera pans up and, you know, the pigeon's got like a Supreme <laughs> hat on. <laughs> Thank you, Gordon. <laughs> I think it would be the most delicious uh, food that the devil ever ate. Oh, absolutely. Do we even punish him? I don't think so. I feel he like he is shouldn't. a punishment. He is a bipedal Scottish son of a bitch punishment for the devil. There we go. Yeah. You know what? He's the one I'm going to send to punish other people. What are you? An idiot sandwich. Exactly. So, Mr. Ramsey, so fucking dumb. you are coming to hell with us, and we're not punishing you. You're going to be part of the crew. Have you fun are welcome, with these sir. People. Yes. And just feed <sighs> us, please. Feed. I need to eat your beef wellington. I've never had one, and I want to eat one so bad. So, you, to Gordon Ramsay, you, you want his beef. Yes. I want you want beef. his beef in your mouth. I want you to wrap it up, too. Yeah, safety. Damn, first. damn, damn. Just yeah. when I thought I couldn't make it worse. Okay, that's it, folks. Um, if we don't see you next week, then we will probably see you in hell. And I'm going to go see some folks for early brunch because this is fucking hot. I can't stop it. Now I'm hungry. Fuck. Can I get a beef wellington before we go? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bye, guys. Ciao. Thanks for listening, folks. We hope you enjoyed the episode. The intro and outro music is Funky Box Step by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. If you enjoyed this episode, why not share the love by sharing the show with your friends? Or maybe your enemies? Both. Just share the episode. Thanks. <laughs>